what's up, Rich? How you doing, man? I'm doing good, dude. How about you? Good. It's so great to talk to you. Absolutely. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I don't know how long I've known you for, but it's been a few years now. Uh-huh. Absolutely, yeah. man. You're like a, a mini celebrity. You know that, right? Uh, yeah. Everybody knows like, you. It's weird being like a local legend. It's weird. It's very odd. <laughs> yeah. That sort of happens. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, you can still hear me. Okay. I'm just yeah. making sure. You know. So it gives me issues sometimes. So, uh, But uh, how long have you, been, have you been doing comedy for? Uh, almost. I'm coming up on five years in October. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, July is going to be uh, seven years for me. So that's, you know. Oh, man. No wonder you're a legend. <laughs> yeah. You've been, you've been in these stomping yards for. Oh, yeah. You're not well, even that old, right? No. Only no. Uh, 28. Yeah. Jeez, man. I started in local improv when I was like 17. And then I started doing stand up when I was, uh, well, it was when I was like 22, when I was like close to 22 years old. So okay. it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it's just so cool being able to talk to everyone. Like I was doing the, uh, like I always try and look back and do like the math on like everyone that I sort of interviewed. And I'm uh-huh. up on like, I have like 96 people that I interviewed and it's crazy. Yeah. It's like, you know, you don't think about it, but New Jersey is very underrated for how many comics there are and how many like places and uh Yeah, areas. and how many good comics. Like there's a lot of really great comics come through here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh and you know, it's it's always just so funny how like I do this, but I have no idea how to ask people how to do it. Like I still don't after like ninety something interviews. I don't know how to ask people. So I'm always like, because very few people have said no. But it's just like the thing of like, okay, how do I word this? <laughs> Does it come off like douchey? Like, do my podcast, bro? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's that's pretty simple. You got, I think you got it down. Yeah, but like I saw you um, at uh, what was it? What's it called? Mulattoes? Uh, Kyle, the the um, show. That yeah, Kyle the coffee was, house. The coffee house. I saw you there, and you like killed and then i saw you at another place you clipped and i was like i need to get him on because like you're on my own like early early list like and i was like i didn't need to get him on asap <laughs> he's been killing it so yeah you've been doing really well and uh you know i was just watching some of your stuff too and the uh which really works right for you that those jokes yeah i mean yeah I'm sorry, I I didn't really hear you all the way. Kind of lost you a oh, little okay. bit. Could you uh, rephrase that? Yeah. When how, when did you start? Was were those jokes always like what you started with? The sort of the basics of like being Puerto Rican, and being Jewish. I mean those, yeah. I mean those are the jokes that I when I basically started day one within like four months I had, and I I hate them. I'm gonna be honest. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> I hate them because they're. I mean they're so hacky and. And it just, I feel like it's an oversimplification. Right. I think that just happens, though, when you start out. Like, you're just yeah. trying to find an angle of, like, yeah. okay, what do I start out as? And yeah. it's tough. But I know that you have much more stuff than that. And you always, you know, like I said, I've seen you do really, really well. But um, 
has that ever uh have you gotten any backlash from that ever uh no not from that no it's the everything else that i say (laughs) gets the the people offend i don't i honestly i don't really offend people no i don't think you do i'm not really i guess like i say but uh i've never really outright someone at a show right that's a good thing to have yeah like i always think like it's in the moment like as long as it's in the moment and it's fine it's like okay they'll forget a moment later when you say a next joke yeah well i think there's this thing to doing to saying really salacious things like what we do <laughs> where it's like uh, a skill um what you're how you're saying it and then your just natural likability. Oh, for sure. You know, like some people can say uh things that I that I could there's things that I could say that nobody else could say. Right. And that just happens to your likability and kind of your skill. Right. Some people just have this face that's not likable. No. It's, yeah. it's really tough that that's sort of a part of it. Everything yeah. Everything's part of it. Your voice, the way that you say things, everything. It's sort of the whole, like, thing of it. So, it always works. It's uh, it's funny. I moved in with uh, VJ in uh, October, and uh, his sense of humor is just, like, very dark. But yeah, he has such, like, a good-looking, like, like, vibe that he can pull it off really well. Yeah, he surprises people. He just surprises people with it. <laughs> Where other people, if they did those jokes, they someone might be like, much because VJ, you don't expect him to be like that. It uh, it's like a good surprise instead of a bad surprise. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so who did you? Who were your like favorite comedians when you were uh, starting out, like before you did comedy? Um. Uh, I'm not, I'm not that, I mean, I always loved very offensive comedy. Mm-hmm. And I, and by that, I don't mean like Anthony, Anthony Jesselneck bullshit. I mean, like, you know, I, I was a big like O&A fan. Oh, uh, Patrice yeah. O'Neal. I love yes. Bill Burr. I love Louis C.K. Oh, yes. I love Dave Chappelle, Bobby Kelly, like people, real comics like that. that, that I'm like... What Jesselnick does is technically offensive, but I don't. It's not for me. I respect right. it, but it's. I not think for it's me. more of like a. It's more put on in a way of his whole yeah. entire thing is like more of a character based. Yeah, it's a shtick. Yeah, it's a shtick, and I'm not. A, I'm not a big fan of shticks. I'm gonna be honest. Oh no, that makes sense. That makes a whole I'm, lot of sense. You know, I want. I want the personality. I want you to go up there and prove to me you're funny. Yeah, and be you. Like, that's the one thing that's always so great. Like, you know, you kind of talk about, like, me being, like, kind of locally like that. This is a very tough thing that I deal with a whole lot is because anytime I've ever tried to make anything, like, that's sort of known about me into, like, a character or, like, go on stage and be, like, an exaggerated version of myself, it never works. But whenever I'm, like, my most honest and the most, like, honest that you are on stage... In a really genuine way, that's when you get laughs, and that's when it's exactly. It it's when people. you're, it's when you're being the clown you truly are, that you get the on honest, genuine laughs. Like when you're really being yourself, and sometimes that 
that it uh takes like that you got to let your ego go oh yes and allow sure. yourself to be like because a lot of people i in my opinion uh, the first thing that i see with a lot of comics that messes them up is they don't want to be the butt of their own joke oh yeah where i i feel like being sometimes like you really got to lean into being just the ass of the joke right like my sense of humor is very uh very much like that it's very self-deprecating and it's i always say it's tough to do nowadays because of the culture we sort of live in with how comedy is uh in the same circles as sort of rap now yeah like roast battles and everything like that like mm-hmm. people are too afraid now to like be above a joke because everyone wants to roast each other but yeah it's like, yeah like, I, I get those comedians were the most like self-deprecating like joan rivers is known for being like the queen of mean but she was also very self-deprecating about herself and her plastic surgery and everything like you know you have to sort of have those both and yes uh, sometimes i feel like uh uh when you do some self-deprecating stuff you'll get like a lot of like ahs and yeah i always hate that i'm always like i'm not one of those people that like complains about like cancel culture and like people being too sensitive but then i turn to an immediate hypocrite when people do that I'm yeah. like, no, don't, 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 oh, my jokes. Well, the thing is, like, I'm, I'm the one putting myself on the line right now. Right. And then you're, now you're awing at me instead of right. laughing. Like, I just put myself in, in the, in, in the, like, I'm going to get hit and you're awing. Just laugh. Right. Yeah. I always say that that's very, like, that's very similar to, like, I don't know if you box or anything, but it's like that. It's like, you know, with comedy, you're always, like you have to know how to defend yourself. Yeah. Too. Because you have to know like this is the stuff that I can say about me and make it funny and do that well. So yeah, it's cool like you mentioned all those like the Opie and Anthony type of like circle I love all those guys like uh Louie and uh did you watch Norm McDonald's recent uh thing on Netflix? No, I haven't. I I uh I'm I'm gonna be honest norm's stand-up i thought he was very funny on other things oh yeah but his stand-up was never for me i get that you know like it's, it's the same thing in like the justin mcfive i can kind of get that like yeah and and I there's, no, there's nothing wrong with norm he's great he's one of the best ever like i think i think he might be one of the best joke writers there ever was and there ever will be oh yeah but Something about when he does stand up, I just get lost in his monotone. Oh yeah, that's a, you know, that's the thing too with it. Yeah, there's like you like people that have sort of like a rhythm. Like I've noticed comedy is very rhythmic. Rhythm, when I yes, very when very I talk rhythmic. to a lot of uh, like I did an episode. I have um, a second series that I do on this podcast called like comedy geek out and we talk about we pick a comic i pick a comic and then i have comedians who are fans of that comic talk about that comic and like how they influence them and i did an episode about um mitch hedberg uh-huh. and it's like talk and i talked with a lot of like uh one-liner like kind of comics like you know chris Purnell. yeah 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 like him i had him on that episode it's just like cool like you talk about the rhythm of like how they talk and in that yeah. and that's a hard style to write. Like I don't know if you've ever 
done that, but like the one-liner stuff is really tough to do. <laughs> I I feel if if you haven't tried to do one-liners as a comic, then you haven't been trying enough. You oh know? yeah, for sure. Like every comic goes through that where they're like, I'll just write one because they're just trying to be uh, they're just trying to be lazy and write as little as possible. Right. It's it's a hard it's the hardest style in in my opinion because that you know there's it's only one line oh it has to be perfect it has to be a setup uh a punch and and you know no act out can save you no nothing else can save you it's just that one line is going to stand on its own right it's very much it's very much like that like you just have to have those that quickness like it's it takes a lot to do yeah for sure and you know, the hard thing about that, I've talked to people like, uh, I'm very close with uh, John B. Cross, and he has that style. And the hard thing with it is when trying to combine everything, because they're never, they're rarely ever. They're never related. They're never yeah. related to each other. So you can't like put it in order and be like, okay, this goes into this. Because yeah. that's what I do with my stuff. It's like, okay, I'll even like notice that. Like, I don't know if you have this, like, I'll be writing something like a chunk of material and they'll be like, Oh, this is all interconnected in some way that I can like pull things together. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. As a comic, I've, I've noticed that you, you will always uh, go into your, everyone has their things that they come back to. Right. You know, where like it's Patrice O'Neill. He's going to talk about women at some point. He, he might go somewhere else and talk about race. I'll talk about this, talk about that, but he's going to come back to women, you know, like yeah. everyone has their base where they come back to. And that's like, where they get the wealth of their material. Right. What do you think yours is with that? I'm not sure yet, man. I'm really not. Uh, it's I I go to I go to religion a lot. I was raised very religious. Right. Um so I talk about religion a lot. Um but I don't I don't really know. I feel like I'm still learning about like I wish I I wish I knew a hundred percent what i what i was but i'm just i just don't you know right i totally get that i think we go through periods where we get it and then we're like okay now i know like what i am at yeah and you think you know when you're three years you think you know when you're six years in you think you know when you're 10 years in you think you know (laughs) exactly you never know (laughs) exactly exactly and then you're like oh i'm like chris i do chris rock jokes and you fucking suck right you know it's it's the it's just a thing, man. It's like one of those hard things that I try not to even think about. Like, oh, what do I do? It's like I just me, you know, whatever I find funny, right. And the biggest thing is just being confident in that. To me, that's always the thing. It's like I gotta make sure. Like, there, there's a part of you that has to like know. Like, this is what makes me laugh. This is the yeah. kind of stuff that I like, and hopefully other people <laughs> like it. Absolutely. It's, it's so the only cool. way to live. Yeah. It's the only way to do right. comedy, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Because you don't want to have anything like that you really regret doing. And it seems like you have a really good attitude towards that. Of, Let me just do this. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm i just vibing and still learning so much about myself. That's why uh, this is a little tangent. But when I see comics posting their material on, on like Instagram and things like that, <laughs> and it's like, dude, you're like... We're not that even for that far in. Oh right. You know, it's like, you know, like you don't 
going to change or what? like if that material if that joke is even perfect yet you know right. like you're you're five years in you know i i don't material online because i don't know if i don't know if the joke is perfect yet i don't know if that's what i am or what i want to what if i'm embarrassed by that joke in six months mm-hmm. i think that's a good attitude like for me, I always have a mix. I think a lot of people do it because they kind of live, I know I'm guilty of this, you kind of live your life like a movie and you kind of want to like see how things progress. Yeah. So that's why I do it. I, I started posting stuff way too early in comedy when I didn't even know how to write jokes. And it was like, and it, it was that period of like, okay, you got to like wait like a little bit. Like you show yourself six years in as opposed to two years in it's a lot different yeah you're much better your world's better but the thing is everyone wants to do andrew schultz got famous from posting clips online yeah and and everyone's like okay so i'll post clips online but what they don't pay attention to is that andrew schultz has was doing comedy for 12 years right and he was on guy code and guy court and he you know like he did yeah, many, he built he, it up. He built himself it wasn't he wasn't there for no reason. He had a he had a yeah. podcast with Charlemagne the God. Like he he did things to build the infrastructure for this awesome, you know, when he when he hit, he hit so hard because he was so good. Right. You know? And you don't want to yeah. reload when you're a, you're four years in and you have one good joke and you have nothing after right. that, you know? That's why for me, yeah, I see other people and it's nice. I'm very happy for you. You got eighty thousand views. You got you know you got a hundred thousand likes on that. I'm I'm very happy, but I'm I'm staying where I am right now and I'm just growing. Oh yeah, that's a great like just sense to have. Like I was looking at my material yesterday. I was looking at everything and I was like, okay, I have like. 18 minutes and I'm like I can like okay this is enough I wish I had a little bit more but also it's so funny when you look at jokes and you're like oh I didn't know this joke was only four seconds long mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> like, yeah that's the thing I'd be like I thought this joke was a minute long it's only 40 seconds long yeah and you gotta remember sometimes you know those jokes they're not as long as you think when it's not going well right you know, like you, that joke might be two minutes when everyone's laughing, right? But when no one's laughing, that joke is forty-five seconds. Oh yeah, that's a and that also, that joke's if, gonna be over soon. If it's not a good set and you're like anxious about it, you know you're talking way too fast. Yep, because you're reaching that point where you're like, okay, I want to get to the first laugh. Because once you get to that first laugh, it sort of is like a like a starting point of like, okay, now I can jump from this. Yeah, you feel safe. But then you're in, it's like being in the, it's like, you know, you're in the air and you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to land. Like, where do I land? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like a way I would put it. It's like, exactly. And then you, you, you pull for the parachute and sometimes the parachute doesn't open. Right. And then you're just hurtling towards the ground, pulling the parachute, you know, like you're pulling the cord and, yeah. and sometimes you just hit the ground. Yeah. And it's, it's it's always cool just to see, like, you know, and, you know, it, 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 I give people a lot of credit for, you know, doing comedy because any night can really be, it sounds more dangerous when I say this, 
But, like, any night can be someone's last. Like, where a bomb is just getting too big. Like, I know people who, like, they did comedy for a long time. And then they just, like, bomb, like, terribly one night. Yeah. And you just, bomb like, for the last time. Over. It's like, it's like, oh, shit. Like, that person yeah. was good. <laughs> Dude, it's, I know a lot of people, like, this is, it's a silly job. And it's a silly thing to go after. Yeah. But also, like, putting yourself out there every night is, it's a, yeah. and people don't understand what that is. We really go up there and just like show ourselves and we put ourselves right. out there for people to judge. And I it, think it, also there's a lot of other stuff that goes into it too that a lot of people kind of don't take for granted. Like everything on stage too. But also mm-hmm. preparation, it's expensive. Yeah. If you want to travel and like actually go to like mics and stuff, it's like there's a lot that goes into it. Yep, paying for mics, and then you got to pay for the mic, and you got to pay, you got to buy a drink, and can you drove there, tolls. Right. It can end up being a lot of money. Yeah, and it's like okay, and then it's like, how do you explain to your parents what you're doing? <laughs> they can't possibly understand, right. you know that that, and the and the only thing that's really, you know, you you do a set in front of Bob Levy, and he says, "Good job." And you, yeah. you, but you can't tell your parents that that's, you know, like that's that, that's your that payment. Means the world right to you, though, it does mean the world to you. Happens. Like that's the coolest thing. Like for me to be able to do, like well, the coolest thing for me to do this podcast is when I started interviewing people. Uh, I've had on a couple of people who are like, who headline and like are big on TikTok and stuff, and it's like they're so nice. Yeah. And it's just crazy, like, they view us as comics, too. Like, no matter what level you're at, like, everyone that I've talked to that sort of is on a bigger level, I've never met, like, any dicks. Like, they're all just, like, they sort of view us in this doing way. It's doing well. Like, it's, it's, it's easy so to cool be nice when things are going well. Yeah. It's really awesome. But, uh, so, talking about, like, family and stuff, and, like, them, how is your family with your comedy? Like, do they like it? Uh, my family's never seen me do comedy. Uh, it's I don't know. It's they're uh, they don't oppose, but they're obviously so opposed. Like my parents, um, they're just kind of like whatever. I I think right. they would be very embarrassed, honestly, mm-hmm. just because like you know I the way I do comedy is you know it's it's, it's a little crude and 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 rude and. And I, I say, I say, you know, I say uh, stuff. I make statements, right? You know, and uh, I think my mom and dad would be a little bit embarrassed. Um, but you know, every once in a while, they post online and they and they enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Were they very strict about like things you could watch growing up? Like I know you mentioned like being raised pretty religious. Was that like a yeah, like a thing. For a while, we weren't allowed to watch PG thirteen movies, um, rated R movies. Never until we got like probably to like thirteen, fourteen. Mm-hmm. You know, is when they started allowing that. You know, we we weren't allowed to watch a lo- a lot of stuff when we were kids. It was it was a uh, very closed off. And I can imagine that being, like, pretty tough, like, especially, like, trying to fit in 
with people, especially with how much like our like generation of humor just had stuff like South Park and all that stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I never watched that as a involved. kid. It's like, it's like tough. And to me, I, it's always interesting to talk with people that sort of have that upbringing because I didn't really have that. Like it was, it was mostly like my dad liked kind of that stuff. Like I watched uh, stuff and like, you know, Adam Sandler and stuff with him. So like he liked, you know, comedy and, my yeah. grandfather with comedy so it's interesting like to see like people oh like they weren't allowed to and to really see people like express that on stage later it's really fun it's like oh yeah they're they're living it now <laughs> well i grew i did grow up watching like... adam sandler movies like that was oh yeah i was allowed to watch right like, yeah there's something movies and yeah because yeah. well you remember he started making the kids movies right so my parents you know would let us watch the kids movies and then it would, it, you know, he would still be Sandler. Right. He would, he would still be rude and crude and farts and pussy. And, you know, like, he was right. still who he was, but he was just doing kids' movies. And it right. really, like, Sandler was one of the first people that made me, like, really enjoy comedy. Right. And I think that's one of, like, the things of, like, him being Jewish, too, is, like, one of those things of, like, oh, yeah. Like, you sort of see, like, a part of yourself in that. Absolutely, yeah. Like the Hanukkah song is, is the very greatest. relatable, dude. Very relatable. Oh, yeah. And like, I was the only kid in town without a Christmas tree. You know, like, right? That, that is true. I I was that kid, so I I totally get it. I I totally see it. Yeah, I remember we switched from doing Christmas to doing Hanukkah when I was like six, seven. Mm-hmm. It was such a weird thing. I was like, oh, we're not doing it anymore. We're doing this new thing. Yeah, we're doing this new thing. Whereas And it kinda <laughs> it's kinda worse and it kinda sucks. And it's like, oh great. No more gingerbread cookies. That's fucking <laughs> yeah, that, that can be tough. That would be rough. <laughs> it's like like okay. But uh yeah, so um you had a bar mitzvah and everything? No, never had a bar mitzvah. No. No, I'm I'm still a boy. <laughs> yeah, it's. I remember it being so uh, so weird that like I can't remember how I got through that because I did not know. It was so funny. Like I was very lucky when uh, I went to Hebrew school after school. Uh, there was a kid in my Hebrew school class who was like a class clown, so we never had to do any work because he was always getting yelled at, and I was always like so happy that I never had to do any of the homework. Like, I never got in trouble. And I'm like, I have Spanish homework that I'm supposed to be doing right now. <laughs> I yeah. can't learn Hebrew right now. <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's a, it's a thing, but, uh, so that's really cool. And I see that you've been involved in the, uh, Comedy Fight Club stuff. I just talked to, uh, Matt Marin a couple of weeks ago. How's that been? Do you like it? Uh, it's, I'd say I'm super involved. I'm just, uh, I just think like, became very good friends with Mark Henley and 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 Matt Marin, and so uh, I'm very involved in like the Jersey, New Jersey side of right. Comedy Fight Club. You know, like I'm one of the I'm one of the main eventers, and I'm getting RKO'd, and and you know I'm I'm at the shows. Um, right. But yeah, it's I'm gonna be honest, man. I really don't like roasting. <laughs> it's oh, that makes sense. I'm the same way. Like, it's not even something, hard. yeah, it's not, it's very hard. It's not something I really loved. 
I just love those guys. It's a very weird weird way to meet people. It's a weird first meeting. I remember uh, it's like, oh, now do we like each other after? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to say, the worst shit I know about you. And I barely know you. Um, Yeah. But yeah, it's cool. And it's a very good exercise in joke writing, but I'm a fan. But uh, I, I respect it. It's very hard, and I'm not good at it. You know, right? I I'm the same way. It's like I I I have a better time when it's like people that I know, and they like that. That's what they're good about. They're like, okay, you can run with people that you know, and uh, yeah. that was just a, a, a fun also thing. Also, to me, yeah, roasting is a very different. Like, thing. That's the cool thing. Like getting you mentioned, like getting RKO'd and stuff, and like all that. Like you know, it's always yeah. so funny. Like the stuff that they that Mark just can pull out of like nowhere and be like, okay, this is what we're doing. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, actually it was like, a, it was the roast of Mark Hanley. Yeah. And I had just came off the main event of roasting Mark. And I was like, I'm not going to write more jokes for this guy. I just had to go against. Right. So I was like, listen, Mark loves wrestling. How about we, we give this guy his dream. He gets to uh, give me a stunner. Right. You oh, know? yeah, that happened. Yeah. And that's and that's basically how I, I came to that. And I thought it was I thought it was fun. I, I thought it was a fun idea and I thought he would enjoy it. And it was it was dope. I, I actually loved it. And I would love to be uh, do more wrestling kind of stuff. Actually, it was a lot of fun. It was like a dream come true. Right. Did you grow up in wrestling? Oh, I was a huge wrestling kid, massive wrestling kid. Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah. I I used to watch. Um, we weren't allowed to stay up, even on Friday. Oh, um, so it was Saturday night. What was it, what was the show on Saturday night called? Saturday night heat. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, Saturday night heat. Yeah. yeah so we're, we're watching, watching the garbage garbage matches, dude. We were right. watching. Zio versus Orlando Jones. Right. You know, like, these garbage matches, but me and my brother were so into it. And, and uh, you know, we spent, I would say, the majority of our youth in, very into wrestling. Around high school time, I fell off. I, I stopped really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I was like, I want to get girls and I want to get right. pussy, and, and I, I, I now I stopped watching wrestling, and I didn't get pussy. <laughs> um, but I, I every every once in a while I watch it. I, I still very much enjoy it. I just can't watch it every week now. Right. It's and just, it's uh, so cool to like be in that like when that was one of the cool things with when I started doing comedy was like the things that everyone's into. It's like okay, wrestling's pretty popular. Like mm-hmm. that's good. Like it just connects us more as comics. Yeah. And, well, I mean, uh, it's it's the ultimate entertainment. Yeah, and I think we have a very similar, uh, very um, similar lifestyle for sure. Lifestyle, and also like the way that we just go about like doing things. Like even though you're you're performing it's the whole thing, like it's very very similar. And, uh, you know, you talk about, like, the authenticity and everything of, like, your gimmick and everything and how you are. It's the same thing with comic and being on stage. It's, like, yeah. being the full extent to yourself. And 
I was just thinking about that night, the uh, Mark's birthday at the uh, meat locker, and it was just so interesting going there because, like, you kind of know those people more than I do, and I, it's like interesting, like, to be like, oh, are they gonna? Am I gonna fit in here? Like, oh, of course I'll get along with everyone. But, yeah, like, yeah, of course. Like, oh yeah, and it's just a weird place that that all it the is a weird place. <laughs> I liked it. I liked the vibe. I was like, this is kind of creepy. It's like when I used to do like starting out stuff it's like when you're you know uh covid kind of took us away from that where mm. you're like you're you kind of have to like i say like you have to explain to like newer comics now that we used to like we used to perform in front of actual people <laughs> exactly yeah for covid yeah the people who started in the middle of, of the pandemic sometimes i feel like uh they got there's certain things that they got that helped them and then there's certain things that didn't help them at all right like they if you started during the pandemic um the cool thing is all the comics were good and everyone was very serious like there was no people who were you know there were no hobbyists during the pandemic right but also uh we went a long time without having a real audience right and I feel like a lot of those guys that started during the pandemic um, never had to do like full full bar who doesn't want to hear you, right? Comedy, and, and we're used to that. So oh, it's yeah. such a yeah. weird like thing to be like that is what we we can get through, and it's tough to see that because you know it's tough on its own. When I remember when COVID started happening, when we were going back. We came back at like three months in the area that I was in. And the way I was just like about it was, okay, since I'm, there's not going to be much shows, how am I going to like make sure my material is good? I'm just going to try and make other comics laugh. And that's the toughest thing to do. Oh, yeah, it's the worst. They don't even laugh if it's funny. <laughs> They'll just be like, it's like, part of it is like, I think it's out of spite, like not in like a mean way. You just have that. You just have that. Like, we sort of have that competitiveness still when we're off well, stage. My bit. thing is, it's like, I hear so much comedy, uh, it's come to the point that almost nothing is funny to me. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, it's like all a wash. I'm done hearing it. I'm, you know? Yeah. It, it's funny. I'm... It's it's kind of sad in that way. It's like, oh, yeah. And whenever I meet, like, a newer comic that's, like, so excitable, I'm always, like, envious. I'm like, I had that attitude. <laughs> yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm always envious of those guys that can still, like, they watch comedy and they laugh. Right, because like I search for that a little bit. Like that's the way I am. I just try and find stuff still, but it can be very hard because you look at things from a more uh, like technical aspect in a way. Yeah, like I'll be watching the best comics, and I I won't I can't really enjoy it for the laughs anymore. But I very much yeah, because you'll be like, oh, I see what that happened there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like I. I've been lucky I because I, I work at Dojo of Comedy, which is a, a club up in North mm-hmm. New Jersey. Uh, very, you know, very blessed to be able to see, you know, many, many really good comics, you know, a lot, headliners from all over the country. And I can say really without a doubt, uh, fucking almost nobody makes me laugh. I, I respect. Uh, like, I see the skills and I, I respect the jokes. But it really is like nothing makes me laugh. There's very right. few, right? And you know, it's like there's like the Aaron Bergs, you know. Oh yeah, Mark Normand. 
who was so good, you know. Oh, so good. Like, uh, you know, like Shane Gillis, like, but very few comics right now. Like, it just, I don't know. My laugh box has been broken, dude. It, it's so tough. It's like, you know, you want to, you want to enjoy it as much and show that you're enjoying it. It's like, that's the way. I like, gotta clap more. Gotta be like, okay, I'm, I gotta show that I'm enthused with this so people don't think I'm a dick. It's like, yeah, they you don't know, I just look at dark. this in a way of like, just being able to watch it and to see someone like, like Mark Norman, it's just like I I want to see him again. He was so, he's so good. Oh no, he's he's one of those joke writing machines that I I really respect a lot. Like it's not my style. I don't think I could ever be a joke writing machine like that. But um, to see it is so impressive. It's it's like he really he you know there's some comics where there's like some space between their jokes. Right, Norman. Norman just keeps going. He keeps going, yeah. Punch after punch after punch after punch after punch after punch, and it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, and it's it's just so like, and the cool the coolest thing is just seeing like the people that I know that have met him and stuff. And did you have you gotten to meet him at all? Yeah, yeah I've met him a couple times. He's a nice guy. Yeah, I I I remember when I first when I saw him live. Uh, he was doing a show with uh, like Joe McAndrew and a lot of people that I started out with, and I got like starstruck to talk to him, and I still like regret that I didn't talk to him. <laughs> and it's like that's partly the reason why I don't want to see him again, just so that I could say hello to him because like I didn't talk to him. I was just like, I've talked to other like comics, and it's like okay, why was that? Why did that happen? <laughs> but... Yeah, no, he's he's a really nice guy. Yeah, and he awesome. he uh the thing is he is. He'll he'll fucking he'll get you, man. He'll he'll like he he'll just meet you and he'll be busting your balls. Oh yeah, you. I've heard that. Like he just like, yeah, yeah. First time I ever met him, he he, I I said, oh man, I'm a big fan. And then you know I'm short, and he was like, ah, oh, more like a little fan. And, <laughs> you know, like he started busting my balls. You know, four right. seconds into meeting me, he, he's just like that kind of guy. He's he's a right. comics comic man. Yeah, and I definitely. That. Same thing with uh, Rich Voss. Oh, yeah. Voss. Rich Voss will bust your balls like uh, six seconds into meeting you. Right. He's he's great. You know, Bobby Kelly, the same thing. Bobby Kelly comes in the room. Oh, my room God. Automatically funnier. He's so good. And the, he's one so, of, like... One of the best. Underrated. So underrated. He's someone that I wish that was, like... You know, it's it's interesting. There's an, there's an HBO... Uh, um, series that's like on HBO Max and it's um like a short series that Dane Cook was on where it's like a documentary series where it was Dane Gary Goldman and Bobby Kelly touring yeah. together and just the three of them like to imagine them doing shows together and completely different like styles all of them oh absolutely like like Dane is very like performative and like you know he has everything and Gary's like the greatest writer of all time and then Bobby is just like a powerhouse of what he can do. Yeah. And it's like I, I can just like imagine Well Bobby, I love Bobby because he's the master of his perspective. Oh yeah. He like he's the um you know that joke I don't I don't know if you've heard this joke, but he talks about the fat riot cop. Yeah. And he like breaks down 
what it what it, you you understand what it is to be fat because i i've never really been i've never really been that big oh like bobby kelly's um you know his experience but right. just through that joke it, it it made all the sense to me i totally understood what it was to be and and that's i i think a lot of people don't get that where it's he's like relaying his experience so intimately oh for sure like that's in my opinion that's what comedy's really about like it is about jokes but it's about relaying your experience oh yeah totally on a Just very high level putting your story out there and it's such a that's the main thing with it is like you want to find out okay what's my angle with this like that's one thing i always think about like when people like whenever i see people that like have like stage fright i'm just like if you go on stage and you talk about how nervous you are you're gonna get people in the audience to like you who are even shyer than you it's like you just sort of reach out to that sort of people like everyone has their sort of like archetypes of like people that they they share traits with and Uh it's like you're gonna you're gonna meet people who have the same not same life as you but like similar exactly you just gotta i mean it's hard because you wanna everyone wants and and you're looking for the only reason that you're gonna get found in the industry is if you have this unique like perspective right um and you gotta find you gotta find your angle and and be able to really explain it very well and, and yeah. both are extremely hard. Oh yeah, it's incredibly hard because you don't want to. You always you want to do that, but then you don't want to like box yourself in. And yeah, you, you don't, don't want to be as, that, like, you know. Oh, I don't want to be that guy, or like, oh, I don't want this to happen yeah. too much. Like, no offense to Joe Coy. He's oh, a good com- yeah. But, geez, do you want to be that the version of that guy? Like, I don't. I don't want to do that. I think that just happens. Like, I feel I feel that that happens. Like, it's, it's so, like, interesting. Like, that happens with, uh, I feel the same way about, like, Sebastian. It's like, that happened, too, with him. Yeah. Where you just sort of become, like... I love Sebastian. That almost parody level of, like, what you are. Aren't you embarrassed? <laughs> right. One of the greatest. It's like, that... if people can start doing you in, like, a way that's, like, kind of insulting, like, that's not a good thing. Like, yeah, it sort of takes a while. Like it's different when it's someone legendary, like uh, like Gilbert. But like when it's like that, it's like, oh yeah, that I person. Th- I think Sebastian that. is a legend already. Oh yeah, he's. Oh yeah, I mean, not shady. He's you know, he, I like a lot of his stuff, and it's probably like the the same thing. Like Chipotle. you're talking about how I went to Chipotle. <laughs> like he's he's just that's that's a. Uh, a thing it's just uh with Sebastian, you can talk about it right there, just relaying his experience so right and make, you may you feel Italian, yeah, you know, and it's the same thing, Caprio, like being gun close friends with Caprio, and it's the same way with him of just his personality and the way he is, yeah, like as it translates to jokes and everything, and just being around him, it's like, oh, this is just a whole another level. And like yeah. inspired of that. Like I can 
he can totally write in his voice and like know like what he's doing at all times. And I'm like still trying to find stuff. It's like this is amazing. But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting how people don't. Uh, I can say not too much, but it's a uh, how how many people don't know like the level of like time it takes. That's why I, I never get upset about about like where I am in comedy because I started younger. And I'm always like, if I do this in like, if I'm still doing this when I'm 50, I'll be happy. Like, that's my sort of yeah, yeah. thing. It's like, as long as I'm still doing this, that's all I want to be able to do is just be able to do it more and more and have more experiences on stage and be able to do Because it. it's even tougher now with, did COVID, uh, with you, with COVID, did, were you uh, like kind of like, like not skeptical about it, but like, did you take it pretty seriously when it happened, or were you out doing comedy? Not quickly? didn't take it seriously for one second. <laughs> I was I was scared for like, I don't know. I I just wanted to get out there and do a comedy again. As soon as we were able to leave the house and, and get out there and do outdoor mics, I was there. Right. Yeah. And uh, I remember I went to uh, last year in around this time in May. I went to Texas. And uh, it was like being on another planet because it was completely different rules. Like they have like no masks. Like it was like, oh, this is crazy. It's yeah, like yeah. totally being in a different planet. It's like we're just we're doing these outdoor mics and stuff, and it's like, yeah, it's like no one, no one even knows. <laughs> have you uh, traveled a little bit for comedy at all? Uh, last year I went to Denver. Oh, nice. How'd that go? It was awesome. I loved it. Um, of other uh, This other New Jersey comic, Garrett Nygren, moved out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty good friends with him. So I, um, for like four days. And, you know, he, he knows the scene so well. We got so many spots. And it was just, you know, Denver is beautiful. It's the wheat capital of the country. Um, right. You know, it's I love smoking weed. I love the outdoors. You know, um, the audiences were great. They were a little weird about certain things. Um, it's, it's a, uh, it's not what you expect Denver to be, mm-hmm. but it's awesome, and I loved it. Yeah, Take more cities and and see what they're like over there. Oh yeah, for sure. I definitely want to do more of that because when I uh, did you know um, when he was around here? Did you know Eric Harbach? Did you meet him? No, I don't know that. He was around for a couple of years, but he went to Texas and uh, he went to Austin and he had comics like stay with him. So I, I stayed with him for like three days and it was not enough. Like we, we did like a lot of mics and stuff, but it was like really like three days. So it was like, oh shit, like I wish I could do more. But it was so cool <laughs> being in a different area and also realizing like stand up as a genre is the same like everywhere. It's like, oh yeah, work mics work the exact same way everywhere. Yeah, know? but it kind of the thing is, it kind of is, and it kind of is. Yeah, you know, exactly. like uh, the one thing I learned in Den, the one thing I saw in Denver was it was it was the same, but it was di- like they they have a different timing and they have a different you know they do the things differently than here in New York and New Jersey. It was just a different kind of funny, right? You know, yeah. and and. and 
you know, you, you see things like they, and I did, I'm going to say like four mics and four shows. Um, and I didn't see anyone do crowd work one. Oh, wow. You know, I was the only yeah. one that did crowd work. And, and, you know, that's just like a cultural, it's the Midwest. It's a different place. It's a very polite place. Right. You know, that makes sense that they wouldn't. Yeah. But yeah, that's interesting. That's the same thing. Like when I went, the, the thing that was bad when I went to Austin was it was uh, the place that we performed at like the most, like the, the Creek and the Cables where everyone was going because uh, Joe Rogan was moving down there. Yeah. Yeah. Take, but at clubs, there was a lot of people visiting. And it was right at the time when uh, the Tony Hinchcliffe drama went down. Yeah, yeah. So it was like everyone was talking about that on stage. And it was just like, not even like jokes, it's just like, you know, people just talking. And it's like, you go to like the same mics, like four in a row with people. And it's like, oh, some people do like a brand new set each place that we go to. And then it's like, oh, that guy, that's his joke the entire time that we're going to be doing these stretch mics yeah 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 because <laughs> yeah. like, they're, they're still working doing mics from three to seven like i think that's like a thing to like be like okay i'm gonna go to every single spot and do the same set it's like that's just this crazy to me to, to do that i mean i do that all the time i because when i go to new york and i'm well i, I that's guess a, that that's sense. a beautiful thing about it because i'm going i'm going there and i'm you know it's it's a chance to do the same joke about four or five times in a row and have right. a different audience. And I mean, you know, it's it's a it's a New York mic, so it sucks. The people don't really care. But right. you'll really know if it's funny or not. Oh yeah. I haven't been able to do uh I wanna do that so bad the the uh, New York like stretch of mics because yeah. I've walked around like that area when it was going on and like been to them. But uh when I when I did uh anytime I did stuff in New York when I was starting out, it was just bringing shows. And, like, that was such, like, a catch-22 of, like, I like doing them, even though they're terrible, because my family could come and see me. And yeah. it was, like, a way of, like, okay, I can prepare this material for a month and do it, and then, you know, have some type of, like, thing of, like, oh, I'm performing on a stage where comedians have been, and be, like, this is it. And then... Yeah. I don't well, hate I don't hate bringer shows. A lot yeah. of people hate bringer shows. They're useful for what the they are. People, because uh, some of them are run really well with like when they're working with a club and like the host is like cool, but the sad thing is there's a lot of people that just take advantage of people. Oh yeah, of course. But that's the point of it. The point yeah. is isn't for the first years. The first to show their family and then everyone's excited for them. But for like right. a guy like us who've been doing yeah. it for five to seven years, we're more polished. Yeah. So when we go into it, especially with people in their first year, I expect to kill. And I'm going to get a good tape out of it because the whole crowd is there, you know? Right, exactly. And you're so like, it's, I'm gonna get... it's, some, it's useful for us and it's good for them. I know it seems like they're getting ripped off and they kind of are, but it's it it's good for them because they learn about stuff. They learn about the business, you know? They learn how to follow a good comment. They right. learn, you know what you know how things are gonna if a, a bring a show is a good way to test your metal you know if oh, you've been sure. doing my only and you've never done a show it's a test where you are or if you have it or 
got the guts to actually do it. It's it's not as bad as people. No, and I think that's a good point with it because it also gives you like a structure to it that you're going to be used to when you get on shows and when you're doing stuff. You're like, okay, you learn, like you can follow and you get your timing, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the one thing that you learn how to do. It's like, okay, I can get my timing and like realize like, okay, this is when I have to grab <laughs> Like yeah, also it is like business in a nutshell. Like I know people are like, oh, exploitive, but like it's it's comedy at its most simple. It's it's a business. You know, you're you you put in asses in the seats, you get paid. It's real simple, and that's the way comedy is. Bill Burr puts asses in seats. Oh yeah. All right. It's comedy was a bringer. He'd be killing. You know, oh, Bill Burr would be going on last. Oh, Brings yeah. the most people. Same thing with Sebastian. All these people. It's like, it's very, it's good to learn about the business that way. Oh, yeah. It's very important to see that. And like, to be around people who are sort of in that mindset. Like, that's one of the coolest things when I, when I talk to people like that, it's like, oh, yeah, they sort of see it in that way. Like, you got to make the most of this. Because that's the biggest thing, is just making the most out of everything that you do. Like, with comedy, it can't really be, like, I always have such a, like, I try to be very nice, like, a little bit too nice to, like, hobbyist type of people. (laughs) But, like, it can be very frustrating, because you sort of want everyone to be at their best. And, like, like, I don't want you to have fun, I want you to learn. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I totally understand both sides of people, uh, uh, you know. I I can, ex- I, uh, I enjoy a good hobbyist, too. I really oh, yeah. do. You know, they, something so pure about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And they, it just makes that, like, brings that community out, too, that part of it, where you're like, yeah, this is, like, a friend and, like, the people that you're with. And that's one of the coolest things about comedy, especially being in the area that we are, where we sort of have like the pockets of like New Jersey where you're at. It's like I'm in the Jersey Shore area. You're you're closer to like Jersey City. I'm closer right? to New York, Jersey City. Yeah, oh. I'm, I'm I'm pretty much always in one of those two places. Right, and it's like they're different. They're different groups of people. So when we get to like interconnect, it's really really fun because you don't get to see people all the time. So it's like, oh, this person and that sort of style of what they do and to just be around that whole crew. And it's uh it's awesome. But uh do you have any um do you have any shows coming up? Uh I'm gonna be at the Dojo of Comedy on June 9th. I'm opening up for Kevin Brennan and Bob Levy. Oh, that's awesome. If anyone wants to listen to that, it's good, good laughs, silly times, big goofs. Yeah, join the fellas. And, uh, yeah, man. It was, right. it was, so this was, yeah, this was really, really good. Uh, thank you so much for, um, for being on. And, uh, I'll definitely have to have you on again if anything comes up, but, uh, oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, for sure. Have a nice night. You too. Take it easy, yeah. All right.